We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Jacked Ramsey's podcast. It is a weekend, Sunday, fun day, Monday mailbag. I know it's all going to blend together because we're going to have, if you're listening this Monday morning, you're listening to the mailbag episode and right before the Blazers play the Clippers and we'll have the pregame show. So make sure you be there. Uh, and as always, I'm joined by Brandon Sprague now, if you're listening and again later in the pregame show and then in the postgame show on Monday. That's that's the worst long intro of all time. What's up, Brandon? Uh, I think it's absolutely in my top three of the worst <laughs> intros of all time. Uh, I tried to work like eight different things in there at once. Maybe uh, you, uh, I, I, need, I need to go with the old army, you know, keep it simple, stupid acronym. We Kids. walked we walked for 35 minutes just to find out that you led us on a circle. And we we ended up back where we started. Did, didn't even find the uh, mushrooms in the forest. That's <laughs> no. The, that's that's no, the awful part of that. Uh, like I guess we're recording this Sunday afternoon uh, after the Blazers beat the Phoenix Suns last night. Uh, the Blazers now one and one. They are off. Actually, they're taking off in like five minutes to head to LA. So, uh, to take on the Clippers, who, like every team in the NBA, makes no sense so far. Is there a team Ooh. in the NBA where you're like, oh yeah, no, that makes sense. That tracks. Why don't you think the Clippers make sense? Uh, because they're in a weird place without Kawhi. There's, I mean, Paul George has been a human flamethrower, but you don't know really what's going to go on around them, and you don't know how consistent mm. they're going to be. Oh, I think we do. I disagree. Do I, that, this is an interesting take. Mm-hmm. I, because I, I saw last night they lose to the Grizzlies. Jaron Jackson Jr. buries him with a three. Shout out Triple J. Yeah, Triple J getting that money. But, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like I've watched them this year, and they're exactly what I think they're going to be. I, I think they're a contender in the Western Conference that's going to get some teams some nights and be damn close to getting almost every other team other nights. Which serves as a wonderful, wonderful transition for this question. Uh, it's a mailbag pod, and this is coming in from Logan Euker. Excuse me. At Logan Euker, did these first two games leave you with more questions or answers about what mm. this team is going to be like? You know, that's a, I think that's a very, very good question. I looked at the questions this morning, and I thought of all the questions, that's the one I don't know if I'm ready to answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, we are, we're doing this already We're recording. So I'm going to give you an answer. The answer is it left me with more questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were some really positive things. Actually, there were a lot of positive things about last night's game, but I can't overlook the Sacramento performance because it was just a game ago. So are you an in-between of that? I tend to believe you're a hybrid of what we've seen so far. Um, or do your tendencies, are they going to take you more the Sacramento way? 
than catching Phoenix on the second end of a back-to-back shooting a little cold and you providing good energy? Um, that's the million dollar question, but I would say they're about the middle of these two games. I don't think they lean Phoenix. I don't think they lean Sacramento quite yet. Uh, I, I think if, if there would have been boos allowed in the comments last night in the, uh, the post game show, we would have had, um, we've had to have boos, uh, and not boos in the sense of like the alcoholic kind, but the, Hey Danny, shut up and quit being negative kind. Boy, you 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 really did bring the pod down. It's like <laughs> Debbie Downer over here. Let me tell you what I didn't like about their thirty point win against the defending I, Western Conference champion. And I think that leads into this question, because as much as I didn't destroy them when they looked like crap against the Kings, they had a lot of good things pop up against the Suns, but I don't think there were any answers because. Uh, if you follow along on Twitter, uh, Steve Jones, shout out Steve Jones. If you haven't already, go listen to the Dunker Spot with him and Nikias Duncan. They're great. Uh, but he did a, a little film breakdown on the Blazers, and he actually highlighted one of the plays that I was talking about in the postgame show, which was, yeah, they're doing some things better, but three guys running out at the shooter at the same time, not great. And you could see the Suns' process of, ah, screw it, I'm just going to settle for this shot. And that's what I saw a lot of mm. in the first half. And so, yeah. yeah, there were some good things, but there were also some things that the Suns just did that – and I hate how uh, – I don't hate it. I, I recognize why it happens. But I really don't like how we can't look at stuff and go, it's either this team's fault or responsibility for something happened or this team's. They're, like, There's no like give and take in that regard. It's, it's not that – it's either the Blazers' defense was superlative laden. They were the best defense we ever saw last night, which I saw some media members in last night. Made me my eyes roll out the back of my head. And then at the Blazers were the were the reason. I've seen why. some real growth defensively. No, you haven't. Otherwise, you would have saw some real regression in Game One. Uh, you know, Danny. I just I'll just add to that. <laughs> I don't know. I really wasn't on Twitter outside of just pubbing the the pod and and talking about the teams that I was watching last night. But I will say, I, whoever said that, it doesn't matter. The ultimate point is, can those people really walk through a film session with you and really <laughs> break down to me? Everything they noticed that no. was substantially different. Probably not. I, I know I, I would struggle to do that. So it's not that you didn't see improved play. It's just let's let's pump. Like there's the more nuance in this stuff. And that's and from what I saw, I have more questions. Because mm-hmm. yeah, we saw them make rotations, but we again we talked about them. They made it at full full speed, which if you're gonna make a mistake, make it at full speed. We saw Nas out there like a complete maniac. Do you yeah. think that every one of those possessions where he was a complete maniac, he was operating within the scheme? No, of course not. But that's okay. That, that, that's what part of this growth stuff is going to be like. Um, but I don't know if all of the questions I have are necessarily good or bad. I just, I think they changed, which I think I, I didn't really expect. Well, you, you kept the Suns at, and I, this is kind of what you're talking about, right? They kept the Suns. Well, the Suns missed shots. Right. It's a make or miss league. And sometimes Chris the other Paul team took does. five shots. Right. But they did defensively. They got to hang their hat on sun shot 32% mm-hmm. from three sub 50% from the field. That's something to hang your hat on. This is, this was my point in the post game. While I, I understand where you're coming from. These nights might be few and far between for them, especially of the talent level of the Phoenix suns, like mm-hmm. going into that kind of team. So my question was last night and I'll ask it again. And this goes into our, our listeners question here. Do you really think that they can play better defense than what they play? Cause I, that's why I gave them such a high mark. I don't think they can. I think that was when they play good defense, it's going to look like last night. 
I think they can play better defense schematically. I don't think they can play with much more effort than they played with last night. And I think a big part of the effort is Nasir Little being uh, playing with more passion than anybody we've seen in, in quite some time. Uh, I think Nance and Zeller were fantastic. Uh, and I even think Ant did a pretty good job on that end as far as at least being aggressive. And I think that's a big, big turn of events. And I think that kind of leads us into this next question here from Colin Pettit. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Uh... At Colin Pettit, if the norm injury is more than just a week, does it make sense? You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. To bring in a non-guaranteed guy, Aminu is out of a job after all. <laughs> 
unfortunately, I'll, we I'm bring an Al Farouk back. We're I'm, back. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the the okay. last part of this real quick. Okay. Chief is washed. <laughs> Listen, I love Chief. I love Chief. Chief Chief's a good vibes guy. Yeah. yeah every, nobody doesn't like Chief. Like it, it doesn't matter where he's played. Everybody likes Aminu. There's no doubt about it. But he's he's washed, unfortunately. Uh, and I don't want to bring in somebody else. And here's the thing. This is the changeover from, from Chauncey and Terry. We knew what we were going to get from Terry uh, as far as veteran, 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 veteran. I don't know if Chauncey's going to lean that way or not. I don't know if Tony Snell, mm. I'm going to duck, well, so Brandon can't throw things at me through the screen. Uh, I don't know if he's going to opt to like, give Tony Snell more burn if, if Norm's out for an extended period. Um, I, I don't know if he's going to lean on Nas. Uh, speaking of which, uh, the Norm injury. Hey, remember how we were going to get more information in the morning? Um, it's the morning somewhere else. <laughs> No way. A more iconic duo than the Blazers and hey, lying through their teeth about I was gonna say, updates. I'm, I'm going to take Woj at the word because he clearly got it from Neil. But yeah. there is a part of them not announcing anything that you're kind of like, oh, God, is this even worse, though, than I thought it was going to be? Like not a knee, a knee sprain or they categorize it that, but it's partial like, tear. Yeah, it's yeah. something like, yeah. Um, yeah. Remember, what was it? Uh, Zach's injury before that, Nurk's injury before that, CJ's injury before that. Anytime yeah. they, they don't tell you that night. Do you know what's funny? Well, it's not funny, but it, it's funny just in the irony of it. Mm. So I was going through, I made a spoof on the season and it was a movie trailer and I was going through old clips and trying to find like when guys said certain quotes that I had remembered. Mm. And I'm stumbling upon some Zach Collins content and there's an article from last October. So the season's technically, I think, either wrapped or just wrapping, mm-hmm. but the Blazers have been out now for almost two months. And Zach Collins has a quote. It's basically like, I'm not experiencing any setbacks. Oh, and God. two months later, they're like, he refractured his foot and he didn't play the rest of the year. And I'm like, wait, that's, that's a. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the Blazers in a nutshell, though. They have just they, they can't get out of their own way with injury stuff no. and and they have an unfortunate injury luck and then they i don't want to use the word compound because that's a terrible word to use when you're talking about blazers and injuries but they compound these issues mm-hmm. by it's just like if somebody's got a broken bone they've got a broken bone like just say right. it it's, it's not it's not well, hard well yeah again this goes back to the whole like why why are we so rigid with injury announcements like if he's got a broken leg or something, guess what? He's going to be out, and there's nothing that any team or coach can change about. What are they going to do with the game plan? I don't oh. know. They, they're short a leg right now, but I think like, <laughs> it's just it's so wildly dumb, man. And I, I don't know why it upsets me, but it does. But as, as far as the, like bringing in a kind of rolling back to the question, does it make sense to bring in a non-guaranteed guy? If he's out for more than just a week, no. And here, because yes, here's the thing: that the Blazers are not going to add money onto things right now. Yeah. Uh, they'll is if he's if Norm's out for like six months, you know, then they might try to put him on um, the long term IR list and and see if they can you know get something in that regard. But he'd have to be out for the rest of the season. So I, I, it's the only way I could see them adding anybody else to the roster. So can I can I come to the pod on a mailbag Sunday and and tell you I have we have like our second. Uh, one coworker to another coworker saying that their opinion was wrong and the others was right. In the in regards of, well, the first one was obviously my take on preseason and you being so goddamn <laughs> wrong about that. 
But the, the second one is, I, so I was thinking mm. last night, I was very emotional. I was riding the high of watching teams win. Mm. I still don't like the idea of Tony Snell because I'm one that kind of thinks Tony Snell's damn near washed. <laughs> but maybe your idea is not wrong. Maybe you start, and I saw this from one of our listeners, maybe you implement Ben McLemore. You play him five freaking minutes. Now you're asking yeah, no, you're, you're getting the world. spot numbers. And then you, you just keep everybody to their normal roles. I probably dismissed the idea too quickly, but I think the Tony Snell thing is what bothered me of all the things that you said. <laughs> Shout out Avery Bradley for putting up the Tony Snell line the other night. 21 minutes and a trillion across the box. Zero, 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 zero. Shout out Snell, <laughs> or excuse me, uh, Bradley in that regard. But I mean, it, I don't think it makes any sense to um, to change that up in that regard as far as like bringing somebody else in. Unless you think he can really play well with them, right? Unless he sees something in practice, he's like, whoa. Nas fits in really well here too. Oh yeah, no, as far as going that way, yeah, I'm talking about bringing somebody else off the street. I just wouldn't. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I'm out on that. Yeah, no. I. No. Listen, if it's... they wanted to fill the 15th roster spot, they would have done that a while ago. And, and right. it's not that I don't want them to; it's just I have zero hope or uh, or that that they actually would do what they're supposed to do there, and you know, spend money. <laughs> right. So, uh, this from Josh Bullock uh, at Jeb Aspie is the early success of the bench all personnel, or does Billups deserve some credit with scheme? Hmm. The dicey question. I'll jump in the waters first. Yeah. I'll put my toe in and then just hope that it's not as cold. (laughs) Look, when teams have good spurts of play, I, I think it's fair to give the coach some credit. Like they're not doing nothing, but this is a, this is such a player oriented league. I don't know if they beat Phoenix by 30 or not. If Terry Stotts is the coach versus Chauncey, what I can tell you is, I think Stotts have given this roster. Stotts plays Nas and Ant too. And if they're playing similar or if not close to the same level, he's going to play them the same amount of minutes. Yeah. Again, this is not a knock on Chauncey. I'm not trying to take any credit away from whatever people want to place for him. But I think in this particular question, I think this is just a byproduct of two young guys without anybody in their way, finally being able to say, go play. And they're they're playing really well with that opportunity. Yeah, a path has been cleared. There's, you're not looking at the roster and going, oh, I can see how they could play Macklemore over Ant. No, you can't. Oh, no. I can see how they could play, you know, Snell over Nas. No, no, you can't. Nope. It, it's that's that's the difference. Um, do you want to give Chauncey credit in the sense of like empowering them? Sure, I no issue with that. In the same way that I would say, if Terry Stotts decided to go out and give Pat Connaughton time and hit and, and you know empower him early in his career or gary trent jr or anything in those regards um which is crazy because you know for all of the coaching doesn't matter stuff that i stand by it's why i didn't go oh my god terry stotts is a genius for giving you know x player the ball and playing it's like no they're better <laughs> like the, right. that's it's it's not hard to do that part of it and i, I think for the most part i don't i don't think it's a a scheme issue to for anthony simons to be like you know what you know, I, I'm going to do the things that I, I've wanted to do now uh, because I've got guys around me that I can do that with. I don't have to worry about Ennis being in the middle of the paint. I don't have to worry about deferring to Carmelo Anthony. I know that when I'm on the floor, I've got a green light because of where the pecking order is. And if you want to give Chauncey the credit for that, as far again, as empowering him and putting him there in the pecking order, cool. I got no issues with that. But overall, schemes, or excuse me, personnel, 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 players play. 
Um, that's that's where I'm going to sit uh, in that. And this is another follow up follow up here from from Josh. Am I wrong in seeing a little bit of Jerome Kersey in the way Little is playing so far? Woo! That is boy. If you get Jerome Kersey out of the situation, I I think you're going to be ecstatic about it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't you know I don't fault. I guess you seeing glimpses, flashes of what Jerome would do from time to time. And physicality what has done physicality. Yeah, the impact that he'd make with that energy. I don't fault you for it. Yeah. I do think it's a bit early to conclude that it's the next Jerome Kersey, but if we keep seeing this kind of play, that conversation is going to have a lot of merit to it. I think Jerome was a, a much more kind of power-driven guy. Uh, and that's not to say that Nas isn't strong. He knocked Aiton over on the drive the other night, and Aiton was trying to hold his ground. I was kind of... No, but Kersey used to dunk like Westbrook dunks. Yes, at 6'8", 250. Pissed off dunks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and in that regard, yes, I can see that in Nas. Um, again, I I am going to give him the comp and the very high praise of Gerald Wallace with a jump shot, which that's a very good player. Like if he's heading down that path, do not push him off that path. Do not deter him from doing that yep. because that is a really, really good player. Because you'll want that guy who – Look at every title team over the years. You you need somebody who just plays with their hair on fire and plays with energy. It, for the Bucks last year, I think it was it was Bobby Portis. I think Crazy yeah. Eyes. He, yep. He brings that intensity. He brings that fire. I mean, I don't know about you. Did you watch the ring ceremony when they were handing them out to the Bucks? Yeah, I did. Bobby came out in the suit, and they announced a couple other players before him. But the, oh, dude, he got Bobby, the ovation. Bobby. Um, yeah, I mean, it was loud. Yeah. I mean. He's they the, love him. He's their yeah. spirit animal, and I can. He's see a gritty him. guy. I yeah, gritty, tough. You love. Yeah. <laughs> That's hey, no, but we laugh. That's a Midwest thing. Like they oh, love it that. They oh, love the, that the, stuff. the Joel Prisbillas of the world would thrive just as much in Portland as they would Milwaukee. Like mm-hmm. it's and with hilariously praises from Milwaukee. So um, you, you need somebody impactful, Judd Bushler. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, it's it's one of those it's one of those things where yeah, I, I can see a little bit of Jerome. I, I think he. If you're looking for that branch in the road, I think Jerome was, you know, went the way more of the bigs. Like even in the, if you're looking for the modern NBA comp, and I think Gerald Wallace went more the way of the wings, and I think Nas leans more wing. Well, but to to be fair to Kersey, R.I.P. Um, if he plays in the modern day NBA with that same skill set, does he go the Gerald Wallace route, or does he continue to go his old route? Because I think that's <laughs> that's a tough thing with old generations is the that's why comps are stupid it's like yeah we know these dudes are bigger faster stronger kind of better he's bigger miles players. bridges like right but i think if he's brought up in today's game you know he still has that thunderous energy and throwdowns but i i don't know maybe he is more perimeter oriented God, that's terrifying to think about it's very terrifying but that's the unfortunate part of what basketball is now and you look back you're like, i wish that guy could have shot like how do we know Shaq, if he was playing in college, wouldn't have developed a three-point shot in the NBA? Imagine Shaq down low. No, then, no, no, no. And then him you just... Can't, you just can't be that dominant and also have a wet jumper. Nope. Giannis is close to that, is he not? Giannis is the closest thing we're ever going to get to it. He comps to Shaq statistically. Like yeah. we, It might not be impossible. That's just terrifying. Oh, yeah, God. I don't even want to think about that. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Connor Strong at Connor Strong 14 are four good, good is in, in quotes here, players off the bench able to sustain the entire season. And is the roster too short, like physically? <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. I mean, it's not ideal to start your lineup with three, six, three dudes. No. In my opinion, could be wrong, you know, but uh, I think history's on my side here. Yep, it, it is. If you look across the board, it, it's never worked for anybody. But okay. this is this is the question. Uh, the first part of that question again was: Are four good players off the bench able to sustain the entire season? Basically, I think he's. Oh. I'm going to say I think he's asking: Are is are they good enough to? And what we've seen, do we think it'll it's it's going to last the season? Well, I think the reason I would lean yes right now is you have two young players who I can't fathom why they would stop playing with tenacity every mm. single time so that's just two dudes coming off the bench zeller i think knows what his role is already and i think he has approached it very well so there's three like barring an injury yeah i, I would i would buy you're going to get most of what this bench has been for most of the year and the funny thing is you look at the bench you've got six four six five and ant six 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 seven and Nas, and then you've got six seven six eight and then six eleven yeah. Like, oh yeah, Larry Nance. I'm sorry, I left him out. Yeah. yeah. So and I, I think he'll continue to play, if not get better. So yeah, I think four guys is what you can count on. Yeah, and I think they're gonna be good. Now, is Ant going to shoot the lights out the entire season? He's gonna have some games where he doesn't. He's gonna have some games where he. I've been trying to. I'm trying to rack my brain because I've had a few people ask me how how good can Ant be this year, and the the thing the way that I, I come to judge this is I think. I'm setting the line at eight and a half. Eight and a half times this season that Ant will lead this team in scoring. Mm. You taking the over or the under there? Nine games is an awful lot. 10% of the games. Yeah, that's a lot, dude. Um, And I don't think they're going to be in a position where he's Dame's like not playing the last four games of the year. I find that hard to believe. So I'll I'll take the under. I think eight. See, that that, that was part of the reason as I was at like six or seven, I'm like, yeah, the back end of the season though, there, there's bound to be. And I, I thought, well, if if Norm's out, maybe Ant slides a few more minutes in there now too. Fair, fair. That's a fair point. If he's out for an extended period of time, but the other part that leaves me kind of going back on that though is Dame is already off to a slow start, and, and he hasn't really taken the shots, and so maybe he gobbles right. a few up here with Norm yeah. out. Yeah, I yeah. think that's fair. Um, it, it, for me, it was it was a more of a sense of like where would you slot him? Like, would it be crazy for me to think that he could do it eight or nine times? Cause I don't think it's crazy. I think nine is. You think so? I mean, assuming everybody else stays healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I think that's a lot. Okay. I'm crazy. I'll take that. <laughs> well, cause <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not doubting he won't have like a 30 point game at some point, but how often is he having over 24? I think that's, that's why I would lean on the under is because I mean, Dame, I, I, didn't, I said this last night. I didn't feel like I saw Dame 
and he scored 19 points. He walked into 19. He, he walked into 19 points, and uh, I, I just and that's a, that's a him us talking about him being off to start the season. Yeah, Dame had a rough night. Damn near finished with uh, 20 and 10 again. So I just don't know if Ant's going to get over that mark more than eight times in a year. I think that's asking a lot. All right. Uh, speaking, You're taking the over? I don't I don't even know if I'm taking the over. Oh, okay. I, I'm just trying to figure out what, where I would put that line at. Like, is it – because like I said, I, I, I started at six and a half, like between six and seven, and I, I, I think I talked myself into eight and a half as far as a line – yeah. Of like where so maybe seven and a half is probably the, is probably the sweet spot. That's a good number. Um, mm-hmm. Dustin Wilshire at Dustin Wilshire. So so much good from last night. However, when Nurk starts launching threes, I cringe. Can you all discuss the plus and minus of the mm-hmm. big guy from beyond the arc? Well, you got Brooke Lopez, Marcus Saul. Like, there's two examples of the pluses if they end up panning out. My mm-hmm. my concern, and I don't blame. Uh, him for feeling that way at all. Cause I, I oftentimes have that feeling too. I, I don't view Nurkic as a guy that's going to reach Marcus all Brooke Lopez stuff. Like I, I just don't think volume that's guys, volume guys, guys that you want them to shoot at least four to five a game. Like if Nurk shoots one, I'm, I'm cool with that. If it's more than that, I'm kind of like, Oh, okay. But not a fan. I'd rather get a better shot. I, I just, I think there's pluses to it for sure. But it's so player to player that I don't know if I can give you like a, a general answer to that one. With Nurkic, I'd say a minus because to me, he hasn't earned that trust. If you go Brooke Lopez, it's a plus because you get to stretch the floor and allow Giannis to cook. Yeah. I, 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 my, my pushback, not necessarily on you, but as far as like the minuses, unless like somebody finds that, that little bag of, you know, sprinkle dust to put on Yusuf Nurkic that makes him a consistent finisher. Why not take a couple threes? Because I think he's too valuable for you down low on rebounds. That's fair. But the other flip, the, the flip side of this is, is from what I have seen so far in the first two games, there's a lot of the offense that they're running right now where he is above the three-point line as the creator, as a facilitator. And he's not, they're not hitting him. Like he's not looking to shoot that shot. So does nope. that kind of tell you what you need to know about his ability there well, right now? I, I think he's passable. I think 34, 35% is probably where he could get to as a baseline number, which if he's taking like one and a half to a game, I don't have an issue with that. Two years ago when he came back from the injury, um, I tried to get Joe Simons to, to bite on a, uh, he'll take one a game bet. When, when they started the season and he was very much on pace and uh, then he just stopped. I think basically Stotts told him no more threes. And I think it's probably what contributed <laughs> to, to some of that frustration. Um, but I, I, I think that that's, that's, it flies in the face of analytics because if you're going to take threes, you should just take threes. Like you should take more of them. But if you're going, if you're going to be a, a piss poor finisher on the inside if you can get just a little bit of that back by taking, like I said, like one and a half, two threes a game, and you're just not going to figure out how to finish, that's a pro- it's a cheap way if, if you're knocking one, like, you know, 35% down, if you're knocking one down every other game. I guess I, I would just say, and maybe he gets better because over his career, as he gets older, his body starts to kind of break down a little bit, so he's not wanting to bang as much. Mm-hmm. But while he is still in his physical prime, I guess I just wonder, like, at what point do we stop thinking that's going to be a different result? And I know we're only a couple years into him doing it, but I'm just like, what is your watermark of, all right, he's been doing it for blank amount of years and he's, 
he's the same as he was when he started this journey. The three-point shooting or the yeah, interior the three-point shooting? No, the three I, I think the three-point shooting is a relatively new thing. The old adage was, and I say old, this was like seven, eight years ago, that in order to have a non-volatile sample size, you had to have about 753 point attempts. We've now found out that to get rid of the noise, it's actually closer to 450 or 500. So if you get relatively close to that number, which for NERC would probably take like two whole years of doing it. Right. Uh, and even then you're probably looking at, you know, maybe three years of doing it, which I think would mimic a lot of what Brooke Lopez was like, like he, didn't shoot them at all. And then all of a sudden he shot 150 and he shot them well. And now, now that's like what he does. It's kind of funny. You know, we, we forgot, or I think the, the youngs forgot or didn't know that Brooke Lopez was an absolute bucket on the block. Oh, and, dude, he was a beast. <laughs> he's a beast. It come playoff time for the bucks. You know, all of a sudden he's cooking dudes in the block. And like, I just thought he was a, you know, a three point shooter. Right. Uh, maybe that's something you can see from Yusuf Nurkic. I'm not saying he's, it's going to be a title winning thing or he's going to really figure it out. But I would say that I am more comfortable in believing that Yusuf Nurkic could turn into a decent volume 34, 35% three point shooter than I am in believing that he would be a consistent finisher at any point in time over his career. So I don't disagree. I don't disagree with the finishing um, aspect of what you're saying like I, I think he is who he is around the bucket yeah and this this I think there's I think he's got a good enough touch like if you're a 70 ish percent free throw shooter I think that's kind of the benchmark for being uh, a passable three-point shooter and in his regard he's one of if not the worst finishers in the league uh, for guys his size and, and, and guys who get that volume inside so it mathematically the analytics tell you that if he can be a passable three point shooter, it's more valuable for him and, and the Blazers to knock down a couple of threes than it is for him to get some uh low value twos. So um I, I understand what Dustin's saying though as far as the cringe because uh it it is inconsistent. Like you can tell the second use of Nurkic catches the ball and lets it go, you know it's 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 either in or out. There's no he had a record scratch last night where you know, he paused and I think he kicked it over to Ant and they just reset the offense. But so even he's questioning that role a little bit. So not really sure where that's going to end up uh, a long time. Uh, here's a long time question. Uh, <laughs> first time, long time. Uh, at Stevie's mom one, if CJ right. keeps this up, does he have a fair chance to be in the all-star game this year? We've started the CJ for all-star campaign, much like we did uh, last year. Um, what, what say you, Senor Sprague? He would have been an all-star if he kept that production up. Yeah, 28, 5, and 5 will get, get you some all-star yeah. games. He will, if, he, if this is going to be CJ, yes, he will make an all-star game. Which, here's a, another question in that regard. If CJ does continue, instead of being a 21, 3, and 3 guy, and he's 25, 5, and 5, which fantastic production. Do you think that that translates into CJ number one being an all-star game guy? Or do you, or I shouldn't say, or I'm, I'm struggling with how to put this directly. Do you think that that will impact winning enough? Or is it just Dame is no longer a 30 point guy and he's a 26, 27 point guy. I think it has to average out that way. Doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and hey, maybe for, for for all the maybe flaws we see on this team or however fans are feeling about it, who's to say maybe that approach doesn't help you more than what you've been doing? I mean, when you lose four of the last five years in the first round, I 
I think it's worth examining everything, especially if you're unwilling to make those wholesale changes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Dame would have to go less if CJ's going to get to that. Now, to answer the, the overall point uh, or question, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know if that makes them better, right? It's just a different version of maybe the same thing. Uh, just out from the Trailblazers, Norman Powell left patellar tendinopathy, and was, Tony Snell are out for Monday's game. What is what was that injury? Is tendinopathy that is the new thing that the Blazers use anytime a tendon or ligament is involved. This is uh, they used this last year and the year before. This so is, this is a way to not say ligament. Yes. Ah, uh, so uh, he's gonna be out. He he out for a minute. And that it, and it and it is left patellar, so. Um, hopefully it's not a, uh, basically I think you, you can basically just call that a knee sprain. So, okay. um, unfortunate, but, um, hopefully we'll get an update on as far as timeline. Um, it's God dang it, man. That's so stupid. He just can't. No, we just can't have nice things. So that's a good way to derail. The, the injury podcast. thing really bothers you. It does. It's, like it's... I'm, I'm almost surprised. Like I get it, but like it, I'm surprised how much it bothers you. Um, I think part of it stems from my own personal stuff, with particularly with knees. <laughs> my my knees are dust at this point in time, and yeah. I just I just want somebody else to not have to deal with that. So I, I, anytime I hear about anybody blowing out a knee or having a knee issue, I'm like, oh man, that sucks. Um, but back to CJ after we're getting the line. There you go. I, I you know what? I, I missed a, a great opportunity there, Sprague. Reporter Danny could have made an appearance. Reporter Danny, he doesn't exist until he exists. <laughs> but as far as making the All Star team, I think the West is about as open as it's ever been. Yeah, you've got some injuries. You've got no clear pecking order. Like, there's no Kawhi. There's no Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. You're going to see, like, are the Nuggets for real? And Michael Porter Jr. is averaging, like, 27 a game. We're like, holy crap. And then some veteran's going to get knocked off the All-Star team because, you know, somebody new pops up. Well, Clay's not going to make it, too, so it's another year of no Clay. Mm-hmm. I'll, here, I'll put this one to you. Does CJ make the All-Star team without Damian Lillard? Oh, no way. So they're, it's either they both make it or no CJ. Dame is sitting in the Gary Payton seat. Just automatic at this point? Automatic. He could average 21, 6, and 5. Damian Lillard's going to make it because he's Damian Lillard. It's good to be the king. It's great. I, I Gary Payton was my dude. It was <laughs> nice to know. I was like, I never worried about voting for Gary Payton. I'm like, Gary Payton's going to be in the All-Star game. The coaches are going to look at Damian Lillard and go, <laughs> Get on in there. Hey. Uh, Olympic gold medalist in his prime. Yeah. Up on in there, Dame. Do you? Well, and the possibility he could want out. So who doesn't want to be in the good graces of Damian Lillard? That's actually a really fair point. I didn't even think about. Oh, yeah. I've been thinking about this shit all summer, man. It's like, <laughs> if I was a different team, what would my approach you're, be? You're like, a coach in the West. You're like, oh, uh, yeah, no, we're going to vote for Dame. Because when that goes public, we don't want to be the organization <laughs> that didn't vote for Damian Lillard. Be like, oh, you know what? Screw you. I don't want to go play for you. Do you can can you foresee that? Can you foresee CJ making it? No, Dame. No, not a chance in hell. Yeah, Bar, <laughs> barring an injury. Okay, yeah, right, right, yeah. obviously. But like that's that's the literal only way. It's it, the all 
if you wanted to thread that needle of CJ making it not Dame, CJ would have to average what Dame did last year. He would have yeah. to be like thirty-five, a thirty-seven and five kind of a deal. Like he would, he would have to just be a. Well, you know what's crazy about this in framing Damian Lillard? We're talking about CJ just being unreal, like oh my god, and he's just been what Damian Lillard has been. Mm-hmm. Like that's 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 the thing is it's it's we, I think we lose track of just how stupidly good Dame really is. Um, this from Jake the Brook Olsendam lover. At Jake the Tailgater, shout out Jake. Uh, will CJ ever be traded? Please say yes. Um, you never say never to a trade. Mm. Will the current general manager make that trade? No chance. No. no. Yeah, I just I don't I don't see it happening at all. Just, but you can't say you can't say no to that question because you just don't like in four years. Do you think CJ's gonna be a blazer? No, his contract's up. <laughs> Well, I know, but like, I don't know. I think you just got to be honest about it. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not convinced Dame's really going to retire Blazer. I hope, I want him to, but, dude, the Dirk, Kobe, Tim Duncan thing, like, we just romanticize that too much. Like, what? In a, in it, it a good way or them, a bad way? Um, you know, both. I, I, I think it's like, well, you know, Kobe, for example, like Kobe wanted out. Yeah. Kobe was going to Chicago and then the NBA basically handed him Pau Gasol because they didn't want to hand him Chris, uh, Chris Paul. Yeah. And then he, he, he played alongside Pau Gasol who should have won the finals MVP with the year they beat Boston. That was highway robbery. They gave that to Kobe as like a makeup for the non MVP stuff. Um, Duncan almost went to Orlando. Like these weren't guys that were just like convict in their convictions that they were never going to leave. These dudes oh. almost, Left, so it's really hard to get. Everybody wants to go somewhere else at some point in their career, whether it's in basketball or whether it's in your day to day jobs. Well, and also it's just like the loyalty thing. Like we're living in a day where people switch companies every two years. I'm 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 a private consultant. I have I don't stay anywhere for more than two years. You you know what my longest job is outside of the Air Force? This. Yeah, I just. I don't know. It's, it's cool to have guys on your team the whole career, but like, I just think the loyalty thing is the way we view it is so odd. I, I would agree. I think just different people are just different ways. I, I think some people want to be one place. Like, I genuinely do believe when Dame when he says, "I want to be here." Sure, I but, do too. But I think the circumstances change as far as like, will you continue to be here? Like, if mm-hmm. I found my dream job, uh, hell, hell, doing Outsiders was a blast. I loved it. But circumstances changed. The network folded up. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, there's nothing you can do there. If if all of a sudden, you know, Neil O'Shea is gone, then CJ could be very easily moved. Like, it's just one of those things where it's just, that, that's the nature of the beast. Now, I just think we reward guys who were loyal. Like, some of the players I named there, yeah. I think they get rewarded for the loyalty and they get edge over certain guys that I, I could say, well, maybe they're better. KD, Kawhi. Yeah, and I hated the KD Golden State move, but Kevin Durant is the greatest scorer we've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, it's at that point where it's just completely sideways. Um, this from PM. Oh, at oh, it's PM. I think the season will be a lot like the first two games: a ton of downs, a ton of ups, leading to another 500 season. Hot take. Okay. My question is: What does this team need to do to get out of that trade? Question mark. Well, I mean, 
they're, they're not going to make trades if they're going to be beat the Phoenix Suns. Um, I disagree with the premise that they're 500. I, I think you and I both picked them to finish comfortably above 500. Yeah, I have them at 45. Yeah. Uh, you're 47? Yeah, right? 47. So, you know, that's They're not a, a huge that's not a huge difference from 500, but yeah. it's still a, a difference. They're a good enough team. They're a good enough team to yeah. take advantage of the bad teams in the East and the awful teams in the West and then occasionally sneak up on the top ends of the West and top end of the East. See Philly last year when they played with no Dame and no CJ. They just, they kind of have, that's who they are. That's why they'll finish above 500. But I, I just don't know how how far up above 500. So this is where I think that Clipper game here on Monday is going to be really interesting because the Clippers could be a team anywhere from like three through 10. Yeah. I, I think the Blazers window is anywhere from like three through nine. I think that the Blazers, I, I think there's more variance in the Clippers, even though they maybe have a, a few guys better at the top end. But, I don't know how well they're going to fit together. And I think they're a little bit thinner. Obviously they have major depth issues with Dokawai, but I, I trust a Paul George team less than I do a Damian Lillard team with good reason. Well, sure. But to, I, I, I disagree on the Clippers. I, I just, I don't, I don't view them three through 10. I think Ty, I, I look, I, the record may be wrong in the way I'm reading it. Mm-hmm. Don't we know Ty Lue's a good coach? Maybe not a great coach, but a good coach. Yeah, I, I think Ty Lue's a very good coach. But again, I okay. don't, I don't lean too much on. No, no, no. But my point is, I think Ty Lue's a good coach, and so I think when you have a good coach, see Portland for nine straight years, you you kind of establish consistent and reliable uh, culture. That's and fair. Chemistry, and so I I just think Paul George, if he stays healthy, man, he's playing like a maniac. And I just think they have too many dudes who who give an F. That's I. If, if the Clippers are anything like three through eight for me, I don't know if I would. Say, I can't foresee them going to ten. So the teams that I, the reason I put like Portland at nine and and, and uh, the Clippers at ten, and I think you could put the Mavericks in that. It's not necessarily a shot at those teams. It's a I could realistically see Memphis being. You and I talked about this offline last night. Realistically, Memphis being a team that where you're like, holy crap, that's a playoff team, and it's it's more about. Then uh, another team coming in, the Warriors coming back into the fold after being out for two years and being healthy. I think it's 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 more about other teams than it is about those teams. Um, and as far as like where they fit pecking order wise, see this is so stupid. This is why we didn't they make it last teams. year though? Didn't the Grizzlies make it last year? They the play in yeah, yeah. So, so but I mean I, I comfortably being in and then the 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 Warriors getting in, the Timberwolves being a better team, the Kings being a better team. Oh, you're buying the T Wolves. I'm I'm buying them being better. I'm not buying them being good. I love Anthony Edwards. I just I can't he, buy he's, that. He's hard to not love at, at this point. Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, not a bad pick either. Really not. I I know Lamelo is really stinking good. I get it, but I I think Anthony's going to be a dog, man. I think he's going to have a great career. I, I think he's going to be a, a better two way guy too. I, I think he's I, just impactful. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a great defender, but I think he's going to be at least impactful enough. Where Lamelo, I don't think is ever going to be any good on that end. Um, yeah, fair enough too. I don't, I don't think I worry about the personality type of Anthony. No, no. The you, other one, the other one, I wouldn't be shocked if he went one way or the other. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. It, I could, I could also don't see him sticking in Charlotte all that long either. Which is a shame. Cause I think when that city has a good team, the city likes it. It's fun. It, 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 they've got a fun group of guys there in Charlotte. And, uh, they, they were playing the Nets tight when we started recording this, who knows which way that game went. Uh, but speaking of, uh, getting out of here. 
Uh, now's a good time to get out of here. Uh, normally, we would probably get a few more in here, but... Uh, like I said, we have the mailbag pod here, and then we've got the pregame show. If you're listening here on Monday morning, uh, flip it over to the pregame show. We will have you guys covered. Uh, it's a 7.30 tip, so we'll probably go at 5.30. Um, freaking L.A. and all of their late tips and monsters. I uh, hate 7.30 tips. I do, brother. too. It, it makes absolutely no sense. Um, Ridiculous. So we'll either go at 5 or 5.30. Sprayer and I will figure it out. If you haven't already, come by. Come check it out. It'll be fun. Um, we take a look at the game. We usually try to get some uh, local, or excuse me, some uh, guests on from uh, the local media if they're out on the road. Uh, we actually don't have anybody scheduled for tomorrow just because all of the L.A. folks are uh, booked up and busy because, well, it's L.A., and they are booked up and busy all the time when they're at home. So yeah. um, if you haven't already, please like, rate, review, subscribe. Do all of the things. I know we ask all the time, and I'm sure people get tired of it, but it does help us grow. And thank you to everybody who has helped us grow. Uh, we just crossed over 1,600 on YouTube, which is insane to think about because it's been three whole months, and it's at almost 2,000. Uh, please, if you haven't already, click the subscribe button. Same with the podcast. Help us grow. Help share it with a friend. Uh Send it to people you don't know anonymously. Uh, we, 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 we love the guerrilla warfare uh, <laughs> type tactics in, on the podcast. Uh, we do have some more stuff cooking as far as the, like the Manning cast we've already talked about. Uh, hopefully have some, some official news on that in the next couple days and uh, maybe look at doing some uh, Patreon subscription type stuff to do that part of it because we do have to limit what we can do with it, but it's going to be a, uh, a very minimal thing, uh, the least amount that I can do so that we can get everybody in it we possibly can. Uh, outside of that, thank you all so, so, so very much. This is, of course, the Jack Ramsey's podcast uh, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network. I am your co-host, Danny Morang, and this is Brandon Sprague. And until Monday, make sure you be there, 5, 530. We'll figure it out. Follow Twitter, uh, at Danny Morang, at Brandon Sprague, at Jack Ramsey. We will catch you then. Take care, guys. Bye.